Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Something to Tech About Season 3. New for this season, we are offering digital evidence of active learning or deal with it challenges. The more deal with it challenges you accept, the more tools you will have to support your students as they think critically, work collaboratively, stimulate creativity, and practice communicating all 21st century skills. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of Something to Tech About. And today, our Deal With It Challenge focuses on Google Drawings. And we have a special guest with us today, and Angie's going to give an introduction. Just a brief basic one. Yes, in today's episode, we're excited to welcome Google Drawing expert and somewhat of our tech hero, I have to say that part. Um, we're happy to have Tony Vincent on the line of Learning in Hand and his latest projects, Shapegrams, engages learners as they gain proficiency in a multitude of digital skills. So let's get ready to dive into some Google Drawings conversation and then accept our challenge to complete Shapegram 1, 2, and 3 by Tony Vincent. Tony, why do you bother with Google Drawings? Well, Google Drawings, I think when it comes down to it, it is a whiteboard. You have this blank canvas that you can put in text, images, word art, shapes. Um, things can be hyperlinked. You can collaborate. You can share. You can publish. You can download as an image. You can copy and paste it into Google Slides. Or like, It's just so versatile. And since you have this blank slate that... If students, you know, a lot of kids have, have Google accounts to, to log into their Chromebook, you know, so it's always there. It's saved in your Google Drive. You can get to it later. There are so many advantages. And usually what the question that people will ask is, well, why Google Drawings over Google Slides? Yeah, good and question. And they're basically, they're basically the same thing. I really could use either one, it, truthfully. Uh, then. What, why I use Google Drawings is that uh, when I just have, when I just need like one slide, right? I don't need transitions. I just want that one canvas. Mm-hmm. Then it, it kind of simplifies things a little bit. It has the same drawing tools as, as Google Slides, uh, but it's simplified. And I taught fifth grade last year and it was one-to-one Chromebooks, but the Chromebooks are, the screens are kind of small. And so with Google Slides, you always have that slide sorter on the left, which really, as I looked at it, it takes up quite a bit of the screen when their screens are so small. That and the presenter notes. So Mm -hmm. I found that Google Drawings, if if I only needed them to have one canvas and not multiple canvases or slides, then uh, Google Drawings work great for that. Um, It's also easier in Google Drawings to use the space off to the side. There's that gray area on the left and right, and actually it's on the top and bottom too. Uh, It's easier to scroll that way. Uh, In Google Slides, if you want to take advantage of that off the slide area, it ends up oftentimes like skipping to the next slide. So you can't really investigate that off canvas area as easily. 
So I end up using the, that area as much as I do on the canvas sometimes. And what do you use um, that off to the side area for directions or just um, things where they're going to click and drag over or any, something like that? Or <laughs> Yes. All of the above. <laughs> it varies. <laughs> it varies, yeah. So like if you end up downloading or exporting um, or embedding a Google Drawing, it's only what's on, on the canvas itself and everything else is gone. So sometimes that's nice that you can give extra directions that don't appear in the final product. Um, sometimes there's not a final product. They're just using it as a digital manipulative. So like you said, you can, you can put things off to the side and have them drag it onto the canvas then. Um, yeah, great so, for sorting activities for younger students or, you know, putting, I'm going to stop talking. We invited you. Yeah, no, 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 no <laughs> it's exactly right. Uh, or, you know, or maybe when students are done, the main activities on the canvas, but then they can scroll over and aha, there is a second extension activity just waiting for them because they finished the main activity. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say a little bit about shape grams, if that's OK, because that t- that utilized your your shape grams utilize a lot of the outside canvas. And um, I hadn't used that space a whole lot with my students and I think it's incredibly brilliant to put a YouTube video out to the side. Oh my gosh, what a great idea, Tony. His instructional video is out on the side canvas and then there's a couple of key points and all the students, not all, I shouldn't say all, some of them said, okay, what do I do when I'm done? I'm like, scroll over to the right. Mm-hmm. He's got an extension activity there waiting for you to do. Ah, great. so since she jumped into ShapeGrams, Tony, please <laughs> reveal yeah. what ShapeGrams is. <laughs> yes, because I just did, I just probably spoiled a little bit of the teaser, but. <laughs> yeah, well, well, ShapeGrams use Google Drawings. That's the, the platform I built them on. And they're really a challenge, a drawing challenge. They start out simple and get a little harder. So uh, ShapeGrams has the drawing challenge. It has an instructional video so that teachers don't have to like know anything about, they don't have to know anything about Google Drawings or about how to draw. All they have to know is how to get the link to students so that they can make (laughs) their own copy. And then it runs itself. Uh, Then there's some, you know, some little hints off to the side too, but on the main canvas, half the main canvas has what I've drawn, my original drawing. Um, Shapegrams number one is just a simple house, but to draw that house, you learn how to add shapes, change the border, uh, how to resize them, um, how to arrange them. So you learn some basic skills. Just that, and there's a little there's space next to it for students to recreate their own. And then, and then off to the to the right, off the canvas, there's. Uh, extension, there's an extension activity, something that has to do with the picture. And uh, I kind of have fun with the, with the extension activities because I, I really use it to, to kind of uh, link to cool resources or you know, really I use them as a showcase to show teachers how they can make some interactive activities with, you know, dragging and dropping, sorting, matching, fill in the blanks, uh, reveal the answer type thing. So they're, they're, they're pretty fun to make too. But the main thing about ShapeGrams, and, and I, I taught fifth grade last school year, and we, I gave students a new ShapeGram every Wednesday. They, they got their Chromebooks and they opened up Google Classroom and the new ShapeGram was there. And they, 
fell in love with them. And I did too. Like I, I looked forward to Wednesdays and so did my students. Like it came in and I knew that whatever, <laughs> when the shapegram was there, they were going to be just enthralled. And I didn't have videos last year. Like I've uh, oh. operated shapegrams. Now I have videos. I didn't have videos, but I've had me in person. I guess that's probably almost <laughs> as good as a video. But that's the live version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have all the witty jokes though. Right. But, but what I, but what I loved is that they learned so many computer skills and, and skills they could transfer to other apps and especially mm-hmm. what they could do in Google Slides that just week by week, they got better and better at drawing that by the end of the school year, it was amazing that I could tell the students, uh, you know, we're studying the rock cycle. I'm like, oh, um, how about you make uh, a diagram of the rock cycle? They fire up Google Drawings and they, they're making everything from scratch and they can do it so fast because they've recreated the pictures week by week, gaining skills week by week. And then that just fuels their creativity and um, really takes like, I was really proud that my students could have a vision in their head and they knew the shapes to combine to make them into a picture. And then because they made it all from scratch themselves, they could do their own color coding. They, they didn't use clip art. They drew it so they right. could make it any color. Or they could then um, put it into Google Slides and duplicate, make some changes, duplicate, make some changes, and turn it into an animation. Then we had animated diagrams oh, with wow. little pieces <laughs> that they've created. That, uh, and then students made, at the end of the year, we, we did a... Um, a, a huge, um, we call it exhibition, because I teach at a taught at a international baccalaureate school, and that's where students research, and based on their research, they take action. Mm-hmm. So um, very student driven, but every single action that my students took involved creating some sort of media or flyer or video and slideshow, and their shapegram skills, their drawing skills, just really help them even taking action because it's all about communication and creative communication and getting their message across in a unique way. And after a year of shapegram, they had those <laughs> they skills. So it was like, I was, yeah. I was so proud of them. And, and <laughs> so then this year, I'll, I'll offer shapegrams to uh, more classrooms. So I put some polish on them. Uh, I make instructional videos again so that teachers, they can just give it as a center activity or um, extra time or a whole class, however they want to do it. But they they can just show my video or have the students watch my video on their own and, and they don't have to necessarily have those those skills. And it's really neat to see on social media now and some of the local schools that are doing shapegrams to see that same thing that happened in my classroom last year happening in more, more mm-hmm. classrooms. And because they are getting just those skills and, and the inspiration, frankly, they're just so much fun. That's like they you are teachers fun. all the time. And, and even they're fun for me to make and they're fun for students to do. They, and they feel like such a sense of accomplishment when they've completed them. Be our guest. Join in our conversation on a future episode and share your favorite resources, strategies, and even student projects. You're not in Savannah? No problem. We're just a phone call away. Complete the online form to be our guest on www.somethingtotechabout.com. So, Tony, 
Um, still on that same topic, the shape grams. Did you did you ever run into a student that I can't draw? You know, where they thinking they have to create a you know a Picasso right off the bat or something? How did you deal <laughs> with that in your classroom with shape grams? Well, it is kind of funny that if you if you um, go to shapegrams.com and click get and look at the house, I mean, it's made with. Um, I don't know, less than 10 shapes. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a fairly, fairly simple drawing, but I, I clearly remember and my fifth graders and I even joked about it at the end of the year. That house was hard for them, like mm-hmm. at the start of the year. And it's just a, a triangle, a square, a rectangle, a couple more rectangles, but it was right. really hard and frustrating for them. And at the end of the year, we look back and they're like, I could make that in literally 60 seconds. (laughs) Like that shows that you've grown. So um, what I've done with the, with every Shapegrams video is that um, I'm there for for instruction purposes. I I show them how to build it, but I really get them excited about what they're building. So Mm -hmm. I interact with the Shapegram. I end up animating it and telling a joke about it. Um, I show them the hard part and so that they can rewind the video and, and watch it, slow it down if they need to. And then I always infuse a growth mindset message into it too, letting them know that they are able to do it. It might not turn, turn out correctly the first time, keep trying. And so I, I just make sure that I hit that message in every single video to give students encouragement, knowing that it's, you're not going to be Picasso the first time you do this. Right. Yeah. A lot of, you know, you especially in classrooms, we've run across students that are the perfectionist and um, can get very frustrated. So I'm sure the, with the, the shape grams and having the video and, and the encouragement through that as well um, would definitely um, help push them past that um, perfection. Um, and who knows, they may get it perfect the first time. <laughs> yeah. And those kids can take it to another level for sure. Yeah. So, so after recreating what I've done, then, uh, then I encourage teachers to have, have their kids then start a new one, make their own, base it off of what they've done, but take it even further. And I, I get social media uh, posts directed at me every week. Like, oh, I, my, my student has made one that I think is better than yours, Tony. And I'm like, I do too. That is better than mine. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> hey, hit it out of the park. Well, I, kinda, I like the way you said where, you know, when you're studying something like the rock cycle, you've given the students something for their toolbox to um, pull out and use it when it's appropriate. So it sounds like, you know, learning those shape grams and learning Google drawings and things like that, that's just another tech tool for them to choose from um, when they're asked to produce something. Exactly. Uh, I, I had a conversation with a, with a teacher friend recently and I was, she hadn't heard of shape grams. So I was trying to describe it. And you know, she, she asked me a question, which I I don't think I answered quite right, but what you just said maybe answered that. And she's like, well, but what does it connect to? Like, mm, oh, she everything. wanted a strong <laughs> curriculum connection. Right. And I said, well, you know, each one, there, there is definitely some science. I, I Like, we're learning different things in every ShapeGram. And I, I throw in a little bit of something into the videos, too. But the main thing is really just, you know, to, to have fun with these skills so they can transfer them and, and use them everywhere else. So I, um, Tony, I've held off on using Shapegrams until, you know, I was getting ready to record this episode with you because we knew we wanted to 
talk about it. And I'm disappointed that I waited so long in the school year. So I'm a technology teacher. I see the students once a week. And we did your house, um, the number one challenge this week. And the kids loved it. And when I asked at the end, okay, so who's interested in taking this further? Because it my class is based on a, a choice board type system. And I wanted to just get a feel for how many people would really be interested in going farther with this. Every single class I had, had more than 15 hands up. So, nice. you know, kudos to you for, um, for hitting right in the student interest level. Also, they felt empowered to move on those that could just, there were some that could just basically get the house finished, but then there were others that built, my goodness, they had a condo. I had one kid that built row houses, you know, we live in Savannah, so we have, <laughs> we have all different styles of architecture around there. And then having the extension activity in there, um, there was it was about different roof styles. So right from the window of my classroom, they can look out and see different roof styles. So we could have the students oh, yeah. Googled it and we could have the conversation. They could go out on the playground and actually look around and see the different types of architecture in the in the neighborhood. So it just it hit home on a lot of levels. But what I wanted to share with teachers, if you might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to get started with this. I can't imagine having all these kids with Chromebooks and Google drawings out there and I don't really know what to do. Being having the video there allowed me to step away from being in that instructional role. So I often give a mini lesson and then put them on their way. But in this case, I just got them rolling with our with the Shapegrams through a link in Google Classroom. They put their headphones on and I could walk around the room. I didn't really have to do a whole lot of group instruction, but I could touch base with every single student and answer their questions or provide encouragement. And I really like that style of teaching. So for those people who are thinking, oh, I don't know, it was just a really fun experience. So I encourage people to give it a whirl. That's I, I love hearing that. And uh, my, my year, I had been a, a fifth grade teacher at the very beginning of my career. And then I uh, was a tech coach and then a consultant. And um, my, my, own, my own kid started kindergarten. I thought, oh, I'll go back to school. And I wasn't for sure how long it would be. Um, but that year really, really showed me that as a teacher, I wanted any kind of grab and go activities that right. for my early, early finishers to, you know, extension activities or something, just a real quick morning kickoff thing. I was craving those so much mm. that, um, and as I was making these shape grams, I started realizing, I, I think next year, I, after I go through a year of this, I really want to offer this to other teachers and make it self-sufficient. And so that, yeah. And I wish I had the videos last year. There was no way I could have recorded the videos on <laughs> my teacher schedule. <laughs> they take me a while. But, yeah. uh, but, but if, if that's exactly what I want. I wanted to be able to meet with small groups, and, but the rest of the class doing something they know would be engaging and worthwhile and something that, you know, that they wouldn't have that many questions on because I was trying to work with other students. Drew and I love Pear Deck. <laughs> Pear Deck's an interactive presentation tool and it's used to increase student engagement. You'll find it as an add-on for Google Slides and there's also an extension called Pear Deck Power Up that you don't want to miss. It allows for animations while using Pear Deck. Get started at PearDeck.com for more information. And we always try to um, touch base on in our podcast is the four C's. And certainly with Shapegrams and Google Drawings, um, 
the the creativity oh. is is there already. Do you see it hitting any of the other four C's? Oh, you can't see me, but my head is bobbing up and down <laughs> big time. But I'll let Tony hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I'd like to hear your take on it too. Like I'll convert communication. I mean, being mm. able to, like I said, said earlier, have something in your head and be able to communicate it. And maybe we don't always communicate with words in a paragraph, but we communicate with a picture and a little bit of text. And that's what we ended up doing. My, my students could make a slide that looked so good and so cool uh, that we do that for vocabulary. Oh, everybody get a different vocabulary word or everybody get a different science term to review or a different uh, historical event. We'd pass out these little slips of paper. They would go to work, research, put it all on a, a, a slide in the class slideshow. And then uh, a day or two later, we could all be learning from each other with these beautiful slides that I put on a loop in this classroom TV that I had because mm -hmm. what they made was awesome and <laughs> they were able to communicate through this medium. Yes. Um, communications definitely there. Have you ever had your, the students collaborate on, on some of the shape grams or? Not the, the shape grams themselves, but the, what they created for A sure. Slide. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then last year we had a lot of snow days and, and rain days. Mm. I live in Iowa and we had little flooding and stuff that so we had days where we just couldn't go out to recess because <laughs> you'd be underwater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, they stayed in. And you know what? The, I had a large group of students who they just, they would share this Google slideshow around with each other and they would just make, they like to draw anime characters on oh, the yeah. slides uh, and, yeah. and just different, different cartoons. And I had one student who she, um, you learn how to use the polyline and the curve line tool to, to trace anything. She traced every state in the United States and put them wow. all together in a map that she could color code. Um, and she collaborated with other students and they're just always um, sharing sell that. together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She might and put you out of it. When we did the exhibition project, they were for sure collaborating on, on what they had, had created. Right. Right. And then, critical thinking and I my videos I start out showing them everything but sometimes I like to leave little parts out so that they have to fill in the gaps um, and think about it and it, without videos last year my students were really happy. they had to do a little more critical thinking because they'd look at it and be like what, what? just like with the house, there, yeah there there is there is a door and the door has a frame around it but the frame is all like you only see you don't see the frame on the bottom and mm -hmm that really threw, throws a lot of students for a loop because they're like, well, but if I outline it, then how do you not have the bottom part? How do you just have an outline on three sides? Mm -hmm. and there are different ways to accomplish that, but it takes some critical thing. Oh, there are two rectangles in one and they're just aligned on the bottom or you cover it with grass <laughs> different ways. or um, the Shapegram uh, 25 that I did last week, um, I wanted a tongue to be inside of a mouth. But whatever shape you use, that tongue is going to stick out of the shape. So then the, the kind of the way to think your way out of this to be able to draw it is then to cover that shape with, with another curved shape that matches the curve of the bottom of the mouth, covering the parts of the tongue that stick out. And <laughs> once all together, you, you don't notice that. <laughs> 
so there, there's, there's a lot of critical thinking that happens to, to create these things. Definitely. So do you have an art degree or is this something you just... I don't. Elementary education is my... Okay. uh, My my bachelor's and my master's degree. Uh, But I just have always been fascinated with digital drawing. Even as a kid, like I had an old Apple IIc, which Mm. you couldn't do much drawing on. But what I I was just fascinated with was what they called ASCII art. And that is like just drawing with the characters on the keyboard, space, 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 Mm -hmm. underscore, and line line by line. Well, that's painstaking. It is, it is. But I was was just fascinated by it. And then, um, especially as I got into Instagram and I I make um, these Instagram posts with tech tips and and Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of it was my own original drawings or I wanted it to, I wanted to, have this vision in my head of what I wanted, wanted it to look like, but you know, I couldn't just use Canva to make that happen. I, I had to be something that be more I original than constructed that. myself. Yeah. So I had to, <laughs> I have to use the shapes and the drawing tools to, to make it happen. And then realizing that it's really fun to teach others how to do this stuff too. <laughs> it totally is. Well, I want to let you know that it's going to be part of my um, digital choice boards for the rest of the school year and I'm um, looking forward to learning more about them as we go on and I hope other teachers jump on board and and get involved with it as well because it, it does have capabilities of being completely cross-curricular as soon as the students have enough skills to really bring it wherever they need it. Yeah and an advantage now is I've building, been building up my library putting out one a week um, but there'll be at least 35 in this first run this school year. And the next school year, I think we're going to do two a month, Holy um, two cow. new ones a month. But uh, that means that if you're starting now, it's a really good time because students can go at their own pace. If they, right. if, if they finish one, two, three, you can provide some links for them to go further. But if they need more time, then they don't have to, they don't have to go that far. <laughs> Oh, exactly. So why don't we talk a little bit about the pricing so that people know how how this works, Tony? I mean, I know the first three are free for anyone to use. And then what happens? What is the schedule diving in now? So the first first three free, I think if you just stopped at the third one, I think your students get a lot of skills. But I would love for you to continue. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Pricing this was weird. Like I'd, I've never really run something like this before. I know it's taking me a lot of time. So um, I think since I know I'm going to have at least 35 in this initial run. I thought, okay, $35. And then that gives you um, 365 days of access and a license for the, for an entire year to use these with students. Oh, um, wow. so like yeah. a, a dollar, a dollar in shape gram. Yeah. And then, um, hopefully I, cause I'll keep, keep adding to it. And then I know that Google is going to someday make some big change and I'm going to have to probably have to update every single They haven't yet, but you know, like they call, they changed the, how their color palette looks, you know, fairly recently. And that really changed a lot of my previous oh, work, wow. but, okay. uh, <laughs> but, uh, then, hopefully you want to come back and do it again next year for the next 365 days, then $35 a year, which I, I'm hoping with, with, uh, with the videos and, and everything that comes with it, that teachers see a lot of value in that. I, I think you're onto something hot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Connect 
with us on your favorite social media channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at STTechAbout. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Tony, um, about Google Drawings, Shapegrams, anything? Um, I, I think, uh, you know, going back to Google Drawings in general, from uh, teaching fifth grade last year, I'd say probably most of my assignments that I even gave in Google Classroom was in Google Drawings. Uh, hmm. Again, like so much of what we did was maybe fill in a Venn diagram or okay. label this. And so it was really easy for me to maybe start a document and then leave parts of it off, like the labels, and then have students finish it and turn it in. Um, our literacy program required us to do a lot of uh, a lot of graphic organizers. So I would mm-hmm. make those in, in Google drawings. And then when students turned them in, the nice part is I could, it has the same commenting feature that you have in Google docs. So that meant that I could call up and I could comment, I could copy and paste comments in there so I could give better feedback than if they had done the graphic organizer on paper and there was no way I was going to write that much no. <laughs> handwriting. But, but when I can do it through, through comments and typing, I can, I can be a lot better with my feedback. So there, there is a lot to explore with Google Drawings or Google Slides. You know, mm-hmm. with, yeah. um, you have the same capabilities. If maybe the screen is just a little bit, the workable area is a little bit smaller because of that film strip on the left. Um, and then... If you really get into it and you haven't explored anything with HyperDocs, there's oh, yeah. a whole world of digital oh, lessons yeah. that are packaged inside of oftentimes inside of Google Slides, sometimes Google Drawings, there's choice boards in Google Drawings. But if you start enter the wor- world of HyperDocs, you're going to see so many possibilities with using this free, easy to use whiteboard that you can stick so many things to. Yeah, lots of opportunities for teachers to create as well as students, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We, oh yeah, it's an evening show, everybody. (laughs) Surprise. Um, Thank you so much. We've really enjoyed chatting with you and we hope that um, lots of teachers will explore more with Shapegrams and continue to discuss this with you online and in all of your social media channels. Yeah, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh, talk about them. It's um, my it's my favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> my, my favorite project. Well, we were happy to share it and talk with you. Um, we appreciate you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.